Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway. Like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome back to the Statman Dave Football Podcast. This is episode 48. Today we're going to be talking the news, then round up the Champions League action and then do a little bit of a preview for the Manchester United versus Anderlecht game, the crucial second leg with the Red Devils looking to get through the back door to get into the Champions League next season. Anyway, let's start with the news. So first up, AFC Bournemouth lone star Jet Wilshire has suffered a hairline fracture in his left fibula, fibula, ruling him out for the rest of the season. Bad news again for Jack Wilshire, who's had a tough time with injuries in recent years. But again, it's it's a big question: Is Jack Wilshire's injury record down to his body not being able to handle the the challenges? You know, he's a, a, a small player, you know, five foot eight, or is it that his technique is wrong? It's an interesting one, but he consistently seems to find himself on the medical table. But again, bad news for Arsenal and Bournemouth fans. Wilshire out for the rest of the season. In transfer news, Deportivo La Coruña want to bring back Lucas Perez on loan from Arsenal next season. Uh, the Spanish star hasn't really made the step up to Arsenal on a consistent level, has made some pretty good appearances off the bench or in the in the cup games, but in the Premier League hasn't really had a sniff, which is unfortunate for a player that was so good for Deportivo La Coruña in La Liga, bringing him back home to uh, return the glory to Deportivo, who are a fantastic team when I was growing up. And it's sad that the likes of Fran... Um, the likes of Diego Tristan, Roy Mackay, just aren't there anymore. They're actually retired, probably. Anyway, moving on, another transfer news. Southampton are targeting Gilfie Sigurdsson and uh, Pontus Janssen from Leeds, the Leeds centre-half, who's getting rave reviews in the championships. We all know about Gilfie Sigurdsson and his impact for Swansea and their survival um, in the Premier League has been fantastic. You know, been directly involved in over 50% of Swansea's goals in the Premier League this season. Incredible. Um, but I think he's got a level, he's got a peak. You know, obviously at Tottenham didn't quite work out for him. So maybe Southampton is the perfect club, just on the borderlines of Europe, but, you know, competing at a decent level. Another transfer news, Boca Juniors want to bring back Carlos Tevez, who in fact um, annoyed a lot of the Chinese fans uh, when he went to Disneyland over in China instead of training. So it's an interesting one. Maybe Boca will get Tevez back at the club but he must have earned a shed load of cash uh, whilst over in China so maybe it's time for him to go home so some fallout from yesterday's Champions League games Manuel Neuer has fractured his left foot and looks like to 
probably going to spend the rest of the season um, on the sidelines with that injury. Uh, an interesting one. He obviously played the game. It was his technique looked looked a bit weird yesterday. There's a few times that he was parrying the ball back into the danger zone. Um, it was very un Manuel Neuer esque, and obviously this injury probably went through the pain barrier to play yesterday evening. So credit to Neuer, but yeah, out for the rest of the season. In other news, Steven Gerrard. Um, when asked where Antoine Griezmann should go, said as far away from Manchester as possible. Sorry, Stevie. Looks like the move is on to United and that'd be a cracking signing for Manchester United. Anyway, let's move on to the Champions League action. First up, Real Madrid versus Bayern Munich. An absolute corker of a game. One of the best games I've seen in recent years. Really good tactically, technically was absolutely perfect. A fantastic game, but Real Madrid winning the game four goals to two. A cracking Ronaldo hat-trick and Asensio grabbing the goals for Real Madrid. Uh, Lewandowski from the penalty spot on a Sergio Ramos own goal. But anyway... First up, let's just uh, give a little bit of a shout out to the two fellas that won't be playing Champions League football again in their careers. Xabi Alonso and Philip Lahm have been great servants for their clubs. Philip Lahm, obviously the one-man uh, club, brilliant for Bayern Munich, brilliant for Germany. One of the best right fullbacks in recent memory, up there with the likes of Dani Alves as the best ever. Um, Xabi Alonso as well, great career at Liverpool, the decima with Real Madrid. And then a fantastic um, spell under Guardiola and then Ancelotti. But both players, a stunning, stunning career and they are, you know, that's it. That's in for them in the Champions League. So it will be sad at the end of the season to see two modern day greats leave the football field. Potentially both, though, will go into coaching. You think of what Philip Lahm's learned under Henkers, under Guardiola, under Ancelotti, Chapio Alonso as well, the fantastic managers he's had, Rafa Benitez, Ancelotti. Um, and of course, Ancelotti again and Pep Guardiola. So I think these guys are both destined, both tact- uh, tactically very, very aware of their surroundings. So they will make for great managers, in my personal opinion. Love to see Philip Lahm back at Bayern Munich. Obviously, Bayern have got that great policy of bringing their old players into the club as technical directors, as coaches, as whatever. But I think Lahm is destined for that. And maybe Xabi Alonso as well, uh, considering his career. Maybe going back to Real Sociedad to cut the mustard as a coach over there. But let's talk about the game. So the big big part of the game was won and lost again in defensive midfield. First time in the first leg we spoke about Casemiro versus Vidal. Round one was all about winning the game, controlling the midfield, controlling the tempo, controlling the ball, but as well winning those tackles. Round two was just about not getting sent off, and unfortunately Vidal lost again, seeing red. It was an interesting one for Bayern Munich. Um, Ancelotti set his side up in midfield as uh, one defensive midfielder and two central midfielders, which is going away a little bit from the successful formation that he played before, you know, against Arsenal especially, the two and the one. So two defensive midfielders and then Thiago ahead, allowing Thiago to intercept the ball, allowing him to drift around and playmake and link up with Lewandowski in the, fr- the front other two players obviously Robin on the right uh, on the right hand side yes and Ribéry on the left hand side but in fact he went with a different shape which allowed Vidal further up the pitch but again it kind of exposed him exposed him to himself mentally sometimes Vidal loses the plot we saw at the Champions League final how he got booked uh, with a silly tackle on Busquets inside I think it was inside 15 minutes which pretty much nullified him in the game Busquets took control of the game Barcelona went on to win that final three goals to one. But the big tactical swing in that game was Vidal getting booked and been unable to be um, Allegri's uh, sort of man at the top of the, the tip of a diamond to start the press. And again, it was kind of silly. It was clumsy. It was a, a little bit too aggressive from Vidal. 
So first up, let's talk about Casemiro because um, Vidal obviously saw red, but people are questioning whether Casemiro should have stayed on the pitch. For me, I kind of think that he didn't really lunge in. It was uh, none of his tackles were dangerous. They were all um, on his feet, um, just not getting the ball in time or a little tactical foul. And you go through each of the fouls. The first one, the foul on Rib- on Ribery, um, correct decision, no card. The second one um, on Robin, shoulder, not a foul. You know, it was a shoulder shot to shoulder thing. Um, and of course, it's, you know, not one of the things that I'd be giving a foul for. The third, uh, which he picked up a yellow card for, again, was slightly late, but he was on his feet, an accumulation of the fouls before. Of course, the fourth one he gave away was the penalty. Um, and again, that definitely wasn't a yellow card. It was a penalty. You don't want to commit the double negative. I think the, the foul on I am Robin um, was fine. It was, a, you know, it's, it's in the wide area. It's not centrally. It wasn't aggressive. It wasn't reckless. So uh, for me, not a yellow card. You don't want to give these double negatives then the third one where he's a little bit late on Robin again not a bad foul in my opinion I think the, refer- the consistency of the referee was okay for that because he again going back to what Vidal did Vidal made a similar challenge just um, in the start of the second half and around 48 minutes on Casemiro um, that was arguably worse than Casemiro's tackle on Robin so Casemiro um, didn't get booked for his cha- challenge on Robin that people are quoting should have been a red card and obviously Vidal didn't get sent- didn't get a second yellow for his challenge on Casemiro earlier on that was worse than the Casemiro yellow card so for me it was fine I just think Vidal was a little bit reckless I don't I understand that it was a you know Vidal won the ball um, with the challenge that got him sent off it was just the referee's view you, you, you've switched the pitch around and the referee's got a very negative view of Vidal maybe he does need more help from his a linesman, the fourth official that he was very close to, um, even the officials behind the goal. But the problem was the referee, the view that he had was from um, Vidal lunging in after he just conceded a foul maybe two minutes before, r- lunging in and, he, and the ball obviously goes in the direction of the, the attacker's running, even though Vidal does nick it. So for the referee, it's difficult to judge this situation. Maybe ref- video refereeing could come in with fouls, but you're going to break the game up a little bit. I think it's just the fourth official may need to help out the referee there a little bit more. Give him his, his take on the opinion, take his, um, you know, thought on the the decision. Because again, it kind of it did kill the game. Bayern Munich were in the ascendance. Bayern Munich were dominating that game uh, in that period, according to uh, reports. Vidal, Thiago, and Lewandowski went to the dressing room of the referee after the game, shouting insults on them. But again, I think it was silly from Vidal. Vidal needs to tone himself up. I don't think he ever will. He never will. He's not that type of player to suddenly become a Casemiro where it's a little bit more timed, it's a little bit more tactical, it's a little bit more technical and not the not the fouls that we see from Vidal, the lunges, the dives in. It's more like tactical fouls up, uh, up and down the pitch. And for me, again, Casemiro bossed the show in central midfield. Fantastic with the ball at his feet as well. The ball to uh, Ronaldo um, for the goal was fantastic. What, you know, takes the ball from Luka Modric, breaking through midfield, shrugs off a tackle from Thomas Muller, and then a quality cross slash pass to Ronaldo to head home. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Casemiro again, the king of the match. So good with his fouling. Fouling at the right time, it's a skill. It's becoming a skill in the modern day to foul at the right time. Casemiro did it. Vidal, again, didn't do that correctly. But it was, it's interesting to see Casemiro's emergence in the last few seasons. has been so important in this Real Madrid midfield. Against Bayern Munich, he made 11 tackles. That, in fact, was um, three more tackles than any other player um, attempted on the pitch. And he won 36% of them. So a fantastic game for Casemiro. But after the um, Ronaldo goal with Real Madrid having the advantage and being the ascendance, the game was flipped on its head again um, with the Sergio Ramos' own goal. Only two minutes after the Ronaldo header, which was a brilliant header. And it was an interesting game from Sergio Ramos, a real mixed game, sort of becoming the villain, scoring that own goal. But you think the um, the 
the shot that he had in the first half, Boateng cleared off the line, and then the assist was so good for Ronaldo. Yeah, Ronaldo was standing offside, but you've got to find that pass. That pass was brilliant. Yeah, I agree, the official should have ruled that offside, but the pass from Ramos, from a centre-back, to drift into a sort of um, attacking position, central midfield position, and then find your man so perfectly, was absolutely brilliant. And with that as well, the officials have been hammered a lot for that. You can kind of see how uh, maybe Carverhouse run distracted the linesman a bit. If you see that run, it's from deep on the linesman's side. Maybe takes his attention. I do completely agree. It was miles offside. But it's one of these things where we've got to defend the officials a little bit because they're getting absolutely hammered for this game. But Sergio Ramos's game by numbers was brilliant against Bayern Munich. Won 50% of his aerial duels, which is a cracking statistic considering he was up against Lewandowski for most of that game. Seven clearances, four cracking blocks, one on goal, and obviously the assist from villain to hero. But talking about players that were really, really impressive, the two guys I'm going to talk about next, Ronaldo and Marcelo. Marcelo, the best wing-back in the world by a country mile right now. His ability to create from left-back is incredible. The most assists from open play in La Liga for any player this season, and he's taken that form to the Champions League. He created eight chances against Bayern Munich. That was more than Robin Ribéry and Lewandowski managed combined. That was, in fact, three more, which is incredible. His assist was brilliant. A run from deep. It was almost like he was a you know, left winger breaking through. Beat Kimmich, who just came on the pitch that was fresh. Dribble past Thiago, then Boateng. Then squared it to Ronaldo. Again, Ronaldo sl- standing slightly offside. But an incredible run from Marcelo. Marcelo deserved that to be, you know, taken a little bit onside because he was just such a fantastic run in fact in the game Marcelo completed nine of his ten take-ons for a left fullback that's a joke and his run was brilliant Marcelo has just been so good. You can see how important he is. You know, go back to the game at the weekend as well when Real Madrid were chasing the game against Sporting Gijon. Zidane didn't go for the big players, didn't go for the central midfielders. He went for Marcelo to change the game. And that is how important he is for Real Madrid's attacking intent. It's their fullbacks. It is um, the likes of Carvalho, who had two pretty decent opportunities on the counter-attack. One, he hit a decent shot that was saved by Neuer. Another one where he made slightly the wrong decision, went for gold instead of sliding through Ronaldo. But Marcelo's so good at getting forward. Quality deliveries after quality delivery. Two balls for Benzema that were just on an absolute sixpence for the French international and of course the pass to, uh, the, the cross again to Carvalho at the back post not only did he do that well he was celebrating tackles celebrating interceptions like he'd, like he'd scored a goal I absolutely love Marcelo he's, he's fantastic what a player what asset for Real Madrid to have as their you know their attacking three does go narrow you've got someone like Marcelo to, that's got that quality basically Marcelo is an old school winger playing from left fullback as well as a quality defender it's incredible you think about the the block that he made on a Thiago shot inside eight minutes inside the Real Madrid penalty area F- fantastic block blocking it off the line incredible stuff from Marcelo absolutely incredible again game by numbers brilliant one assist four interceptions seven crosses eight chances created nine dribbles completed if you wanted some stats to define a wing-back, that is exactly what we got right there. But what a performance from Marcelo. So, so, so good. And of course, supplying his pal, his teammate, Cristiano Ronaldo, who was moved down the middle. I thought Benzema again was ineffective. Um, Zidane doesn't fancy Morata, so why not throw Ronaldo through the middle? It was brilliant. Each one of his goals, fantastic. Classic centre-forward play. Ronaldo can evolve to be this ultimate goal scorer. He already is the ultimate goal scorer from a wide area. I reckon in the next evolutionary stage, of course, is to move him inside. Fantastic, fantastic performance from Ronaldo. Scored his 100th goal in the Champions League. But his finishing was brilliant. Yeah, he was offside for two of the goals. Obviously, we've got to take that. But the way that he converted those chances was fantastic. The perfect hat-trick. Um, in fact, he had nine shots in goal on goal in the game, scoring three goals with a 33% chance conversion. But what was more impressive 
impressive when he played through the middle. The amount of aerial jewels he won, 100% of those, and his 91% pass completion. Ronaldo is definitely going to play through the middle for Real Madrid next season and should do for the rest of this season if Real want to go on to win the Champions League. Or maybe it's a tactical variation for Zidane to try Benzema, then put Ronaldo through the middle. With the rumours linking Real Madrid to Eden Hazard, Ronaldo through the middle, Hazard on one side, Bale on the other. That is a disgraceful front front three great podcast. But again, it shows Real Madrid's squad. It wasn't just Ronaldo that made a massive impact. Asensio from the bench again. What a talented young player. Incredible. The Bayern Munich um, director of football before the game was saying how Asensio um, was a steal for only 3.5 million euros 21 years old must be one of the talented up there right now in European football took his goal so well turned uh, poor old Mats Hummels inside and out and then fired the ball home kind of outstrengthed him you see how um, Hummels puts his arm across tries to push um, Asensio and he just absolutely destroys him off the ball but it was an interesting game a game marred by poor referee a game marred by poor officiating but we've got to give Zidane credit the way his Real Madrid team is set up in a, a 4-3-3 that transitioned to a 4-5-1 a lot of pressure from central midfield it's kind of like Louis van Gaal Mourinho-esque how they press out of central midfield very interesting how Zidane's come on as a coach took it very patient again it's what the brilliance of this Madrid team is it's the patience that they have to break a team down whether on the counter-attack or their method of getting the likes of Marcelo Carvalho through or looking for those through balls from central midfield what a team what a side they're going to be the first guys to retain the imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets in a recent customer survey 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come try their sheets with a 30 night guarantee plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Champions League. The only guys that can stop them, in my opinion, is who we're going to talk about next. And that is the mighty Atletico Madrid. Putting the sword to Leicester City. Finally, somebody did it. Leicester City, for me, have dropped out of one of my favourite teams from last season being one of my favourite teams. The players have let themselves down this season, getting Ranieri sacked. The fans have let themselves down with some poor behaviour in Madrid. And overall, I quite like to see the destruction of this Leicester City team now. And, and that's what 
Diego Simeone did. Interesting formation, Diego Simeone going with his classic 4-4-2, but the two interesting tactical uh, things that Simeone did very, very well. Firstly, it was Carrasco and Anton Griezmann up top. I, I love this. I absolutely love this. Playing two wingers as two strikers that can combine together is absolutely fantastic. And of course, Jose Jimenez in central midfield, a centre-half by trade, but dominant at central midfield. With Leicester City's um, strength this season, getting the ball wide and crossing. Having a centre-back in central midfield is absolutely perfect tactically. First up, let's talk about Carrasco and Griezmann, who caused Leicester City so much problem on the counter-attack. The formation was really nice, so they you have the classic Atletico um, back four. Um, you know, you got the likes of Louise in there on the left-hand side, and of course Wambran on the right, Goudin and Savic centre-halves. Then the midfield is where the fun happens. It is a 4-4-2, but it almost looks like a, a 4-2-2-2, in a way, with um, Saul Naguez and Koke especially coming into number 10. Koke was brilliant again, completed more passes in the final third than any other player on the pitch. Ran the show in attacking midfield for Atletico on the break, with Carrasco and Griezmann can, that can split, that can go wide. Beautiful angles for Koke to find, find those through balls, and you go to Atletico goal was Koke driving through central midfield attempted to play a through ball to Carrasco the move breaks down, Koke recovers the ball little ba- uh, pull back to Luis, Luis crosses his pal Saul at the back post head in but it was all about Koke's creativity in that attacking midfield zone and I really want this Atletico Madrid team to win the Champions League, they deserve it, they really do deserve it under um Diego Simeone I just like too many teams in the Champions League this season the Champions League has just been again it's been so good last season the Champions League was brilliant the season before it was brilliant it's just been it's like the like when Man United aren't in the Champions League it's just absolutely awesome but obviously yeah they'll get back next season don't worry guys um, but yeah so the 4-4-2 brilliant from Simeone going back to the Jimenez role um, played as a defensive midfielder was very aggressive uh, when Atletico were going long from set pieces, when balls out the back, was sort of trying to flick the ball on to Carrasco and Griezmann, almost played as like a target man when Atletico had the ball, then dropped back into defensive midfield and bossed the show. Absolutely bossed the show. This player is so talented, so good at centre-half, but he showed what he can do in defensive midfield. His stats were an absolute joke. He won more aerial duels, 12, than any other player on the pitch. Made more interceptions, 7, than any other player on the pitch. Made more clearances, 17. And of course... More tackles, five, than any other player in the Champions League yesterday evening. Incredible, incredible display from Jose Jimenez, deployed as a sort of defensive midfielder, just ball winning for fun. And you think about how um, in the second half, when Leicester City went all guns to it, Ojoa came on, and then they switched to a 3-4-3, they were just chucking balls into the box. Honestly, Craig Shakespeare, are are you crazy? When you see Jose Jimenez on the pitch, and you see Diego Godin and Savic, you're slinging balls into the box to those guys. It's... Craig Shakespeare must have been drinking something last night. But anyway, a great performance from um, the likes of Jose Jimenez in central midfield. Saul as well, a brilliant performance. So energetic on that right-hand side, so good. uh, Drifting into the area at the right time. In fact, in the Champions League knockout stages, during the last two seasons, Saul has scored five goals. No midfielder has managed more. An incredible display. And that header was brilliant. Such a good error. Such a good ball from Luis, but... Saul had a lot to do, generate a lot of power, and he scores these important goals in these big, big games and will be vital for Atletico in the, the semi-finals. At the moment, I just don't know what I want in that. I don't know what I want who to win this Champions League. I like Juve, I like Real, I like Atletico, I like Barca. Basically, I'm going to be happy whoever wins. But Leicester City dropping out, it's kind of game over for them now. Um, the season that they pretty much caused the biggest upset in footballing history is gone. Um, and it will be it'll be interesting to see how they develop the, the team and the, the squad over the next few seasons. Jamie Vardy, of course, grabbing a goal. Maybe he'll be on, on his way to Atletico this summer. Imagine Vardy at Atletico. That'd be tasty. Obviously, Simeone, uh, Godin. Koke have all been saying, yeah, he's, uh, he could fit into this side. 
it'd be pretty fun to see Jamie Vardy at Leicester. Maybe if they get a Griezmann... Um, Vardy combination up front that has got bags of pace but a little fact to finish things off before we talk about Manchester United versus Anderlecht Leicester City have now been eliminated by Atletico Madrid in three out of the four appearances in European competitions once in the 1961-62 season in the Cup Winners' Cup in 97-98 in the UEFA Cup and of course 16-17 in the Champions League come on Atletico it is time for you guys to win it Gabby deserves it I didn't even speak about Gabby's midfield performance. Very, very good again. Very aggressive, as always. Keeps the ball nice. But he deserves it. He needs to win it. The guy has made two finals, and it's now time for him to do it. Getting a little bit old in his career. So come on. Come on, Atletico. You guys can do it. Anyway, moving on to Manchester United versus Anderlecht. Uh, United with a crucial away goal uh, from Henrik Mkhitaryan over in Belgium. Going to be an interesting game. United just need to take control of the game. Uh, it could be quite interesting for United to play a 4-2-3-1. Um, against Anderlecht from the start with maybe Herrera, Pogba, central midfield, um, then the likes of maybe Martial, Rashford, Mickey as 10, and then Zlatan up top. But I reckon maybe Mourinho's going to go with control. Michael Carrick's definitely going to play, so that midfield of Herrera, Pogba ain't going to really be there. It might be Carrick, Pogba, who we saw in the first leg that were very good, but United need to start fast. I think this is the big thing. No messing about in this, this game. Need to blow them away. Mourinho's uh, quotes before the game were quite interesting. Um, said something like, "You know, the, the game's not dead. We should have, we should be winning. You know, this game should already be over from the performance in the first leg. Now I can't play the likes of Two and Zabi and the young lads, which is a fair assumption and a fair thing. You know, players we need to look out for. Of course, it is uh, Yuri Tilsman in central midfield. Just got to boss him. Got to get Pogba on him again. Um, put him out that game. I think we, Carrick and Pogba controlled the game against Anderlecht. Pogba especially fantastic performance in central midfield. Just needs to do that game. Dominate the." to Tillsman then Doncor of course got to watch for his late runs but also destroying very well in midfield so maybe pushing Mkhitaryan out right might not be a bad thing going for a 4-3-3 could be the correct option for United so to pull away from then Doncor attack them down the flanks they'll uh, allow the likes of Mickey T to drift into 10 get Rashford's uh, running behind Rashford as well who's been fantastic in recent weeks really really good the youngster's back up to his sort of levels of last um, last season he's looking confident again so I reckon a Rashford goal United to win three goals to nil Comfortably through to the next round, but it is going to be all about this aggression and intensity from the start. United have done it in the Europa League this season. The likes of Feyenoord, uh, Fenerbahce, blown away. United need to do it again. It needs to not be sloppy like Rostov, that was a bit too slow to a, you know, sitting on a lead. Let's go out there and absolutely smash them for six. The back four, of course, is going to be the standard back four we've seen um, in recent weeks. Valencia, uh, Rojo, Bay uh, left fullback mm, probably go with Luke Shaw just give him a, a nice little run out um, and of course Sergio Romero in goal ole 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 Sergio Romero um, but fantastic that is that for the Statman Day Football Podcast episode 48 if you've enjoyed the Statman Day Football Podcast please make sure you drop a review on iTunes and tell your little pals about it because uh, it's fun doing this and it's fun for you guys to listen about me talking excitedly about football anyway till tomorrow we'll talk a little bit about the older Europa League that's been that over now. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, 
all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 